This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Stop everything you're doing. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast and, and just hand over your money to the computer. I'm sure that's how it works. Uh-huh. Thanks. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's been quite a week. Yes. In all, always. Um, how are you doing, Hammond? Doing all right. Yeah? Yeah, just busy with school stuff, coaching stuff. Yeah. But other than that... If there's noise in the background, my dog is attacking a rawhide. I gave it to her thinking she would quietly chew it. Clearly she, she, she had other plans. She has to beat it into submission first. <laughs> but but she'll get it. Um, I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to start with this story that actually put a smile on my face. Oh, that's uh, nice. I know. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often uh-huh. that I smile, period. But this, this was cute. Um, it didn't start out good. So in <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma... At a high school, public high school, East Central High School, I guess there's been an anti-abortion group that's been showing up like a couple days this week in the morning. Like adults? Yeah. With just random signs. It's legal. They're Uh in the right part of the place where the school can't really do much about it because it's public space. Mm -hmm. It's Uh, the, I'm not actually touching you law. Yeah, pretty much. And they're holding up, you know, mutilated fetuses and cool. come to Jesus signs and all that. Wait, I'm sorry, you said mutilated fetuses, pictures or like pictures. Okay, graphic, I just really graphic, needed to be clear that graphic they pictures like... that the local news said we can't show you these pictures. Really? Yes. Cool. So they were doing that, which really missing your target audience here because they don't want to listen to you. They don't want to listen to adults. Period. That's true. They really don't want to listen to you. But they were doing that, and I guess they approached. One girl, which you you don't approach the students. Yeah, that they I'm uncomfortable. Approach some girl. It got back to her mother. She was pissed off. Now the group says, "No, we were just standing there quietly. We didn't approach anybody. They came to us. Whatever." He said, "She said, whatever." Uh, the mother says, "No, they came to my daughter." So she contacted the atheist community of Tulsa. Hell yeah, local local group in the area, and she's like, "Can you guys do something about this?" So on Wednesday uh, of this week. They went to the school themselves with signs of their own. But they were not there to say, yay, abortion, or even yay, abortion rights, and they weren't doing anything like that. This was not a counter message uh-huh. uh, in the sense that it was the polar opposite of what the Christians were saying. They went there with signs that said things like love in action. They hmm. said things like fear uh, is, has no place in schools. Nice. Lots of love. They handed out Smarties candies with little messages that said, you rock. Oh. Which is very nice. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. And they, of course, the students were like, oh, these people are awesome. Yeah. Because, of course, they are. My favorite bit. So there was a local news candy. report. <laughs> there was a local news report that talked about the Christians who were protesting and being generally dicks. And the atheists who are there to make everything better. Oh. Which, again, Oklahoma, you don't hear that that often. Yeah, that's a nice story. <laughs> My favorite part of the segment, they have a clip of, at one point, a student says something kind of shouting from a distance, like, uh-huh. thanks for being here, or you rock, or whatever. And you hear one of the atheists kind of yell back jokingly, it's not just because we got you candy, right? <laughs> and you hear the kid's response, no, it's because you're not yelling at us with a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> We do, as a people, use megaphones much less frequently than other populations. Yeah, we don't type in all caps either. And (laughs) there was another uh, woman. I don't know if she was a teacher, but she wasn't connected to the atheists, just Uh some adult in the building who was just like, oh, you're from where? Oh, oh, 
I love your message because oh, it was a message of nice. love, not about atheism so much. But uh, to their credit, uh, Amanda Baguette is the president of the atheist group. And she was basically saying to the reporter, you know, this is the school is the wrong place for an abortion debate. It's the wrong way to talk about these issues. And I'm going to quote her. There are other ways to have that debate. And honestly, we're not here debating abortion or religion. We're here saying our kids need better and they deserve better. Good. Awesome. That's great. And by the way, I did hear from them, the group, the atheists, today, mm-hmm. it's, it's Friday as we're making this, they said uh, the abortion group, they were not there the day the atheists showed up. Uh-huh. They were there the next day, again. Really? So it's not over yet, but I, I don't know how that helps how them. How like, asks people, like... How can we ask them if they have jobs? Like every time there's a <laughs> march like for women's rights, we're like, don't you have jobs? And these people are like... Here's some bloody excrement. Like, don't you guys have jobs? What are you doing? That's what they do. Um, So I don't know how that ends, and I don't think this is the only school they're going to, but I I always question tactics at that point. Like, what do you... Do you really think they're going to suddenly come to Jesus because they see a bunch of crazy people out there screaming at them? No, I think, though, it's a... I mean, it's fear-mongering, right? It is. Whatever you think abortion is... It's not that. It's this, like it's that one scene in Alien when the chest buster <laughs> happens. Like that's what yeah, they. Yeah, that's think. what every abortion is like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's true. I've seen them all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a if if you are anti-choice, then you are closer to their side, and they can like sort of reel you in with this yeah. finger motion that I'm doing. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I see it. I'm in. <laughs> and one on their Facebook group for their Christian. They call themselves abolitionists. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. was actually taken, um, <laughs> guys. I went to their Facebook page and they said something like, "One student found Christ through us." It's like, mm, mm. give me a name, give me something to work off of. Let me talk. They don't. They're never specific when it comes to those really things. Abolitionists, ever. huh? Abolitionists, guys. Oh, guys. <laughs> Come on, it's taken. Clearly by the wrong people. They know what Jesus. they're talking about, though. So, <laughs> um, I have a thing about human children as well. Oh, yes. In schools. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Where they belong. Um, so in Australia, um, a listener actually tweeted this at us, um, Kavi Gupta, uh, Kavi Kavi Gupta on Twitter, K-A-V-I-K-A-V-I-G-U-P-T-A. I like right? people with two names yeah. that are the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... In Australia, there's a nine-year-old girl. Her name's Harper Nielsen. Nielsen? N-I-E-L? Yeah. Nielsen? Um, so she was at her school. She, they played the national anthem, which is um, Advance Australia Fair, which I was there for six months. I don't think I ever... <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> hearing that song once. Um, but anyway, she refused to stand during the national anthem out of respect for the nation's indigenous population. Um, and everybody was chill about it, and they celebrated her totally right to free happened, speech, and everybody moved on with their day. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> like, seriously, politicians have weighed in on this. It is the, like, the wildest overreaction to something I have ever seen in my entire life. So <laughs> she lives in Queensland, um, and she, uh, she said, and this girl sounds really bright, um, the, the anthem, so it's called Advance Australia Fair, like that doesn't even sound familiar, um, contains the line, quote, Australians, Australians all let us rejoice for we are young and free. This girl says, but when it says 
advance Australia fair, it means advance the white people. And when it says we are young, it completely disregards the indigenous Australians who are here for... Who have here been here before, before us for 50,000 yeah. years. And it's kind of like saying uh, the Pledge of Allegiance with liberty and justice for all. And a lot of people who are not atheists might still protest the pledge because they're like, well, there's not liberty and justice right. for all. It's so demonstrably they, false. Yeah. And so we protest because we want it to be liberty and justice for all. And I think that's what she was doing for we are young and free. She's like, no, there were people here before us and you're right. only celebrating us. So it's a legit protest. By the way, she's not the first person to do this. Sure. A lot of people for years have been arguing that the line either needs a rewrite or uh-huh. updated, or at least we need to acknowledge the fact right. that it's really excluding the indigenous population. Yeah. Um, so let me fill you in on some really chill reactions. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Pauline Hansen is a controversial right-wing senator. Um, she says that schools are brainwashing children and called for Nielsen to be taken out of her school. Her elementary school. Her elementary school. Quote, it's about who we are as a nation. It's part of us. Here we have a kid who's been brainwashed. And I'll tell you what, I'd give her a kick up the backside. Jesus. This kid is heading down the wrong path, and I blame the parents for encouraging this. How dare she actually think about what the lyrics mean? Well, essentially they're all accusing this girl of being a puppet for her parents, which, like... To be sure, what like they say every time, a yeah. Kid I does mean, anything. To be sure, like your parents influence your thoughts, but no, no kid who like is saying Hail Mary. Nobody's like your well, we are. <laughs> <laughs> your parents are brainwashing you. Um, Tony Abbott told a radio station that she should just follow the rules. It's just a sign of good manners and courtesy to stand for the national anthem. Um, Jared uh, Balihi, I think it is. Um, the These are all politicians. Uh huh. Yeah, he's the state's shadow minister for education. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that, Australia? <laughs> what are you guys doing down there? It's the proper name for Betsy DeVos here. And I th- so he's the Queensland Liberal National politician. I think is it Australia that their Liberal Party is actually their Conservative Something Party? Like that. Guys, I'm get it wrong. Um, at Jessica. He, <laughs> yeah, at Jessica. That'll get me. <laughs> um, he called her a brat. <laughs> he said shame on her parents for using her as a political th- th- uh, pawn. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop the silly protest and stand and sing proudly your national anthem. What is that? Does that sound familiar to mm. you? I, I believe, if I have this right, the school actually gave her a detention. They asked her to sign an apology for, quote, blatant disrespect. I didn't see that. Yeah. And they told her, you can't leave the office until you sign the written apology and you might be suspended. That's when she kind of was like, hey, mom and dad. <laughs> I had a thing happen at school. Okay, see, I read something different, because according to the Queensland Department of Education, which, take that for what it's worth, they said that the school had never suggested she'd be expelled or suspended for refusing to stand, and that they tried to be respectful of her wishes by providing alternatives. So it does not sing along. Alternatives. Which is, which is garbage. Uh-huh. Like, I, I will say that. But I didn't see that she had, like, legit I, gotten in trouble. Uh, the original, uh, someone had sent me the article, too. And, yeah, the original version of her story was that the school punished her, which is why this was an issue. Right. And the school's like, no, we would never punish anybody. We sure. just wish she was respectful. Well, schools have to tell the you truth. Know. It's a law. <laughs> right. But, hey, I'll, as someone who has it in for, like, 11-year-old kids and younger, <laughs> uh, go her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good eleven. This year old? is a good nine-year-old. Nine-year-old. Yes. Once you turn eleven, I'll be. I'll. <laughs> we'll see. We'll be all over. We'll here, regroup. <laughs> there was a thing this week where a couple of GOP candidates, uh, one for the House, uh, I think both for the House actually, 
old tapes that they made resurrected, okay. and now they're being used in... A, the first one was used in a campaign ad by his opponent. So here's that story. Uh, there is a guy, uh, Mark Green from Tennessee, and his version of the... What he did a few years ago okay. is that he opposed Tennessee's plan to expand Medicaid uh, and you know give health insurance for low-income residents... He didn't sign off on it, but he opposed it verbally. Okay. And he, he was, uh, I forgot the reason he said, I'm going to abstain from the vote, but I still don't like it. Um, it didn't work. Like, he opposed what? it. but Th- That firm stand didn't work? That firm stand didn't work. The votes went in the other direction. But uh-huh. now he's, uh, Donald Trump appointed him to be army secretary, but he resigned, um, partly because... Uh, this stuff was coming back to haunt him. He didn't want to go through the media blitz of uh-huh. everyone calling him out for basically saying you're attacking poor people and not giving them health insurance. Sure. So now he's running for Congress um, this time. He was a state senator uh, at the time. He's running for Congress. He's, his opponent is a Democrat named Justin Canoe. And Justin posted something on Twitter. Basically, it was the video of him saying this. I'm going to quote what Mark Green actually said. This is in 2015 to a church audience. And this is what he told them at the time. Every person who came to Christ, uh, I should preface this with one thing. He's basically making an argument for like poor people shouldn't rely on the government to get their health insurance. Sure. Right? So this is what he says. Every person not being poor. Yeah, right. Every person who came to Christ came to Christ with a physical need. People go to God because of a physical need and they walk away with the spiritual need met. That's the story of the gospels. And so government has stepped in, at least in this country, and done all the work for the church. And so the person who's in need, they look to the government for the answer, not God. And I think in that way, the government has done an injustice that's even bigger than just the entitlement, creation of an entitlement welfare state. Basically, if you need help with health, no one's going to God. No one's praying to get better. They're asking the government for health insurance. And isn't that a problem? And this guy goes on to say, I think it interrupts the opportunity for people to come to a saving knowledge of who God is by giving them this health insurance. That's what he said in 2015. It's on like, video. Like, I'm confused, but also angry. Yeah. He has a justification it's for why poor people don't deserve mm. health insurance that's given to them by the government. Wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me, oh God, let me see if I can even parse this. Yeah. So he said that when Jesus was Jesusing, yeah. people would come to him for their healthcare needs. Right. I, I <laughs> Sorry, have a, I did not mean to snort at that, but that's... I'm, a, I'm blind. Uh, I'm, I'm paralytic. Yep, I need your help. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> yep. Um, and so he would both treat them and give them spiritual fulfillment? Well, he would treat them with his miracles and sure. Jesus potions, and then they would recover and they would be healthy, uh-huh. and they'd be like, well, I'm going to follow you, whatever it is that you're doing, because okay. you seem to know stuff, okay. and they find God. Okay. Which it's a little easier to find God when your blindness is magically cured. Well, but and when okay. you can like see him standing in front of you, I have to think that that's, that's good evidence. Good evidence. Um, but because the government is providing health care insurance. Yeah. Not like terrific, just it's Medicaid. It's will help cover some of your but costs wait, if you can't the- afford it. What's the result of that? Is that now people are... Now people are like, well, I need healing. Who should I go to? Well, oh, I'll go see a doctor using my government-provided health insurance. So in this guy's scenario, has nobody 
who goes to church ever needed an actual doctor? Well, is they're that also what he's... praying. But sure, they have health insurance through other resources that they pay for. Uh-huh. But they also pray to God, blah, blah, blah. There's no logic. You're looking for logic. There's no, no logic to this. I truly am. I feel like... The, my my immortal curse in this life is like I really need to understand what this dude is trying to say because I it, I think you're thinking too hard. He said it. It's if we give people just give it. If we give them insurance and then we're saying, look, we we will take care of you if you get sick. You don't need to pray to get better. You don't need to find God and ask forgiveness to get better. We got you covered. He hey. thinks that's. He hey, thinks, Hammond? one, that's what's happening, and two, that it's going to get in the way of all the proselytizing he wants to do. This, by the way, is why he didn't want to be army secretary, because he knew this was all going to come back publicly. Yeah. And he did, clearly did not intend for this to be some sort of I don't think I care for speech. this man's particular yeah, right. politics. This is an open seat in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Like, neither of these guys is an incumbent, but it's heavily a Republican district. Sure. Um, like, rated solidly Republican so Justin Canoe is, I'm sure, just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. But this is a pretty big thing that when you're covering a rural part of Tennessee, you ought to bring up over and over yeah, that w- this guy doesn't want you to have health insurance, even if you can't afford it. Right. What I the the argument I've been hearing against socialized health care, for you lack know. of a better term, is if the government gives it to you, the government can take it away. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we don't have it now, so... <laughs> right. Are we? I'll maybe, take the chance. Maybe I'll have Let's... a decade of healthcare. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Like, are you implying that I'm were? I don't know. I hate conservatives this week. That's been my week. My theme this week is. Oh, it'll be a theme for a while. Yeah. We'll see. Wait, was it this week or last week that the um, anonymous whistleblower, not whistleblower, the adult in the White House thing came that out? Was was it was last week. Was that last week? Yeah. I know. It feels like forever that... ago. Fucking, did we, we didn't talk about it last week, did we? I don't think, I don't think it's like in our purview strictly, but no. I read it. My friend Anne sent it to me and I read it. I was like, all this is doing is making me hate conservatives even more because right. this guy's like, well, we think that Trump has done some really good things like tax cuts. I'm like, oh no, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, no, right. absolutely not. Fuck you. If anyway. that's what you think the good stuff is, right, we'll get to the bad stuff. Right. So that was one story of the old video coming back to hopefully haunt this guy. My that fear is that it, like it's my gonna fear be super that, haunting. Yeah. My fear is that nothing's gonna happen. People will see that video and they're like, well, yes, that's we a reasonable do have to fear him. Uh, here's a, a other um, the other one. There is a New Jersey congressman named Chris Smith who's running for re-election. I think he's been in office for a while. And apparently earlier this year. He was speaking at a high school in New Jersey, his home state, and students got to ask him questions. And for some reason, the audio of that did not come out until just now, even though this happened in May. But the audio just came out. Basically, um, this guy, Chris Smith, once voted in favor of an amendment that would have allowed adoption agencies to not... uh, give babies to same-sex couples if they got federal funding. Um, I believe he voted for the amendment. The amendment did not go through, and it wasn't part of the eventual bill that they were talking about. Sorry if I got the details wrong on that. But he did support that amendment. So these kids, who are politically savvy enough to know he did that, wanted to ask him about it. So one student, Hannah Valdez, a senior at the school. school. Yeah. Senior, okay. Uh, She was a senior at the school. She basically said, I have a gay sister who wants to adopt a child with her partner. And she said, you know, 
she asked him whether, based on you know studies, would her sister be less of a legitimate parent than someone of an opposite sex couple, and why shouldn't her sister be allowed to adopt a child? Did he say yes? Next question. So, so the weird thing is he didn't avoid it, but he didn't answer the question. He basically said, "Well, it doesn't." I'm paraphrasing here. It doesn't matter what I think because the Supreme Court ruled, I guess, in favor of marriage equality. And somehow that made the whole thing moot. He also said, your sister's free to adopt a kid. Oh, which oh, is how true, generous. But it's, but it's thanks to the fact that he lost. It's because he wasn't, didn't get to make the rule that time and that would, she gets to adopt. I would argue that that is a really legitimate question of like, if you're going to be my lawmaker, are you going to keep pushing on this kind of right. bullshit? Right. And so that was one thing. Another student is like, he gets, I guess, get to another question. And the next student's like, no, no, I want to hear more about Yes, that. did he? <laughs> yeah. That's great. And this is where it gets worse. Uh, this time, another student was like, what makes other people more suited to become parents than my friend's sister over yes! here? Yes! And basically, what he said is every kid needs a chance of having a mother and a father. I but then, the then, then the we future. get to the actual headline. This is why this thing is We haven't gotten there yet. Because what he said is, you know, somebody mentioned orphanages before. I mean, orphanages are still a possibility for some kids. <laughs> this guy wants to Kenzian child workhouses. <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, so basically, well, it's okay if your friend's sister can't adopt Let's a kid because wa- some kids can just stay in orphanages rather than be with gay parents. Let's make him watch Annie. And if he thinks that that's a good environment, if he thinks Ms. Hannigan is good for these kids, he wants to bring back orphanages? (laughs) He thinks kids are better off in orphanages than with same-sex parents. And by the way, what he said... But I mean, there are still group homes. Let's not pretend... We don't use the word orphanage anymore, but there's still... Places where multiple children live because they do not have parents. He, he eventually said he doesn't approve of gay adoption because gay households are not healthy environments for children to grow up in. That's the student's paraphrase of what he said that wasn't on the tape. But the thing is, there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of studies that do not show that. But he doesn't care about he studies. No, he doesn't. he doesn't. Or he doesn't care about legit studies. He cares about like Christianized versions of or those studies. anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal evidence and stuff like that. So anyway, now again, here's the problem. He's running for re-election. His seat is, again, a solidly Republican seat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even on the list of ones Democrats are thinking about flipping. But he does have an opponent named Josh Well, W-E-L-L-E, who is running against him, who is trying to make this an issue because he should. Um, I don't know if anything will come of that. But again, it's another guy who said something stupid months ago. It's finally public. But the thing but is, again, like, yes, who knows if it'll do anything? Yes, it's stupid, but it's not anything that's out of line with the rhetoric we're seeing now. Like that's no, the he thing, said is, it out loud. Other Republicans just keep it to themselves. Sometimes I don't sometimes. think that's true, though. Like people <laughs> have said a lot that that gay parents shouldn't be, or right. like at least couch it in like, oh, kids should have the yeah. opportunity to have mom and dad, which right. is and certainly well. conservative Christians have been pushing that line of misguided thinking for a really long time right. that somehow being with straight parents is better for you than gay parents. Mm -hmm. And this idea that you're better off not being adopted by gay parents. You're better off just staying around, waiting for a family, straight the straight family to pick you up or something like that. Didn't somebody last week say all atheists are a result of a bad father? I, I, I forgot who said it. I've heard that many times before. So 
I feel like if this guy wants to play the odds. <laughs> that you'll <laughs> so, have two straight parents who are both awesome, which. But if you have one dad who's bad, then you're going to be an atheist. It's like a <laughs> pundit square of like, <laughs> like, if you have two good parents, you'll be fine. If you have one bad parent, you're an atheist. If you have two gay parents, you're broken. And I, I kind of want to ask this guy, okay, you have an, uh, uh, let's say an abusive father mm-hmm. but it's a straight couple mm-hmm. but you have a gay couple that is awesome who should the kids stay I with think now they, i think people have been asked from that point blank and they're like well what is abuse anyway <laughs> uh, i got beat as a kid look how cool i am yeah well you think abuse is basically you're dismissing it so you're not okay it's like the yeah. people who say spanking is okay they're like i got spanked and i'm fine no you think spanking is okay yeah, you're part you, of the problem you want to hit your kid you didn't turn out okay Ooh, spanking is controversial at, at me. Meta. Um, <laughs> let me bring up this other thing because there's a few different stories about Hurricane Florence and how it's about to hit the East Coast. Yeah. And there's been a few people who, I mean, this happens every time there's a natural disaster. Oh, what are we blaming this time? Uh, this time we are blaming. First, we'll let's start with Pastor Rick Joyner. He runs, he's a televangelist, runs a thing called Morning Star Ministries. Um, wait, 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 yeah, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah. Isn't Morning Star the devil? Mm. I'm going to look that up. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, So Rick Joyner says, it's not climate change. It's nothing like that. It's sin. And then he blamed abortion. He said, one of the worst things we could do to bring a curse on on a nation is the shedding of innocent blood. Mm -hmm. What could be more innocent than the unborn? This was his rant about why Hurricane Florence was coming. Sure. So that's one guy. Uh, There's also another uh, quote-unquote Christian prophetess self-described. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is Kat Kerr. And she has been like a favorite uh, to mock, basically, because she thinks <laughs> she could beat back every hurricane uh-huh. using like a magical scepter that is always in her videos. It's kind of hilarious. Wait. She prays. She wants God to help, but she also has like a magical wand she's going to wave at the hurricane. And of course, she said she's taken control of Hurricane Florence. She took authority over it. Um, Sometimes I think I'm being Truman showed. Yeah, no. Like no, that it, they're throwing this shit at me and there's cameras pointed at me in my house mm. that are like, what's going to make her head like literally physically explode? It might be a magic scepter. I haven't gotten to the worst one yet. But oh, Kat Kerr said, we're going to take authority over Florence and we say you will become nothing. You will not do destruction to land or to people or to property. My favorite. We command the millibars to rise, rise, rise in Florence. You rise, millibars. What's a millibar? I don't know. You dissipate that storm. You get it downgraded, blah, blah, blah. Get it, it downgraded! Yeah. <laughs> it did get downgraded, by the way. It's like category one right now. That yeah. doesn't mean everything's going to be okay. Okay, I want to go back to the morning star thing. Please. Um, I'm not wrong, but I'm also a little bit wrong. Okay. So Lucifer is based on the Latin name for the morning star. Huh. But also Jesus was self-described as the bright morning star in the Christian Bible. So Morning Star Ministries, maybe we're going to overtake the devil? Or Jesus. It's hard to say at this point. Mother of the Mary Jesus is called the morning star. John the Baptist is called the morning star. Is Morning Star that catchy a thing? <laughs> I didn't realize. There's an investment company called Morning Star. Nice. Morning Star Foods. So all of this is not even the worst one. Pat Robertson. Oh, we haven't gotten to the worst one yet? We haven't gotten to the worst We're one. We're going worse than Scepters. He, he was commanding Hurricane Florence to get out of the path because he's in Virginia. 
Regents University, his college is in Virginia, Christian Broadcasting Network, which mm-hmm. is his thing, is in Virginia. Basically, he wanted the hurricane out of Virginia, sure. which isn't right on the coast. So it was one of those <laughs> hey, like... hurricane, kill someone else, not me. Well, that's basically what he said. He said, I don't want it to hurt our beautiful campus. I don't want it to damage Regent. I don't want it to hurt CBN. We declare in the name of the Lord that you shall go no farther. You, you shall do no damage in this area. We declare a shield of protection over this area. Blah, blah, blah. But basically what he's saying is don't hurt us. Hurt everyone else. You're filling in the blank, right? Uh, yeah. He didn't, but that was sure. the implication. Do you think he like stood with the staff and a sword and said, you shall not pass. Do you know that I reference? Don't think- it's a re- Lord of the Rings. Oh no, God, no, Hammond. haven't gotten to that Hammond. one yet. Some people thought that was really funny. Okay, it wasn't you. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> God damn it, Hammond! You haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings? No, I no. They're they're like hours each. Yeah, they're very good. I've seen them many times. Would you like me to just recite the movies? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for our next bonus episode. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, my Gandalf impression wasn't. I don't know great. how that's gonna go because they're like nine hours each and stuff, and then I gotta watch three of them or something. Like four. Well, maybe. if you watch the director's cut, which I do encourage uh-huh. because they are really good. There's some scenes that sort of are jarring, but for the most part, I would argue that they're pretty good. Um, they're about three and a half hours Jesus. each, but they're three and a half quality hours. Nah. Nah. And. There's trees that talk. No. And um, Gandalf does wait, that thing that I just did. Wait, he shall wait not pass. Wait to sell me on it. Well, it's. <laughs> I didn't think I just had to sell you on one of the most famous movies of the last yeah. f- f- 40 years or so. Never it just heard of it. Seems, you've heard of it, you asshole. <laughs> so Pat Robertson did not say, don't hurt anybody. Yeah. He did not say, hey, God, why'd you create the damn hurricane? Mm-hmm. He's just like, just keep it away from Virginia. There's and a magic by the way, rope in Lord of the Rings? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, no. And then, by the way, the because the storm downgraded a bit and shifted direction, so it's going to hurt he other did states. It. Yeah, he took credit for the shield of protection, and then he's like, "Hey, uh, I hope you would pray." Those of you in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, wherever you live, seek God, and He's able to give you relief. See, the problem with those other states is they didn't pray hard enough for the hurricane to leave, but Mm -hmm. he did. The Carolinas, a notoriously secular pair of states. Very much. And by the way, I know this has been said before, but Robertson is basically thanking a serial killer for going after the family next door. Yeah. Like, thanks for getting them, not me. Thank you, God. Like, dude. So, I good time. So much. I did watch something this week. What? You will be proud of me. I actually sat and watched a TV show specifically for this. But oh. so CBS has a show coming out. The atheist show. The atheist show. Oh my god. Okay, so I saw a preview for this with my husband, and yeah. we were. It's called God Friended Me, which is an aggressively bad title. Mm-hmm. I really. Like, everything about it is pretty bad. So if I... Okay, can I try to... Please. Recount the premise based on the one preview I saw? And just to be clear, they put out this trailer, like, maybe a month or so ago. It was longer than that. Uh, A little bit bit ago. Uh, And now... And the show premieres, I think, September 30th. But this month... How'd you get a sneak preview? uh, They put it up online, and there are ways. (laughs) They put it up online so people could see it. But you gotta do some It's a Sunday night show. That's apt. It's an hour long, too. So anyway, they put up the trailer. What's your thoughts based on the trailer? Okay, so the trailer is a guy who's an atheist. He's a black gentleman. Yes. 
He gets a friend request on Facebook from literally just says God. Mm-hmm. And he declines it and then... Yeah, he, he gets, deletes the friend request And then he many gets times. connected with like a beautiful woman and mm-hmm. God's real. Something like is that. Is that sort of it? Yeah. Uh, not only is he a black atheist, which, cool, yeah. that's a good fictional character. Well, I mean, it would be... <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. If you're going to portray atheists, it's kind of cool to not yeah. see the stereotypical I mean, it would guy. be that's a good different. thing if he stayed an atheist and it was about atheism in positive <laughs> light. I don't think that's where we're going so with this show. The thing is, and by the way, he's not only a black atheist, he's a black atheist with a podcast where he talks about atheism. Okay. Those are my life rights. <laughs> I know. I will be calling Where's you CBS check? or so, ABC. So I watched the whole show because they've only released one episode. I literally have no idea what they're doing with show two and beyond. And I haven't seen anything that explains what they're doing with show two and beyond. Uh-huh. But I watched the, um, and I went into it thinking I hated that trailer. So what is this show actually going to be like? Uh-huh. It wasn't the worst. Really? I was bracing myself to hate it because uh-huh. I would have hate watched this thing. Sure. And it wasn't horrible. Some of the stuff, sure? I know, I know, it's weird for me to admit this. Mm-hmm. Some of it was just like, okay, he's the plot podcaster. He's trying to get a deal with Sirius XM to buy his show and put him on the air. Can we do that? Uh, no, because no one cares about atheist shows. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, they're not putting you on, <laughs> on these different things. Like, it's a podcast. Leave it, buddy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yes, God tries friending him on Facebook. He keeps deleting it. God keeps sending him a request, which at this point is kind of stalkerish and harassment. Oh, and the picture is just like a cloud. The picture is just a cloud, which, which is... by the way, he holds up to the sky and it looks identical in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh my God, it's that cloud right there. How did God get that picture? Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of coincidences that happen because... God, he finally says, fine, I'll friend God, so you should stop sending me these requests. Uh-huh. And he does. Now he's getting all the friend suggestions from God. He's like, who the hell is this dude that you are recommending that I be a friend with? Turns out that guy's important in his life. Then he gets another request for the beautiful woman you mentioned. Uh-huh. And then he's, that person plays a role in his life. And uh-huh. he's like, oh, this is weird. How do these people know each other and kind of get all connected? And we don't know the mystery there yet. Okay, it wasn't... As bad as that premise sounds altogether, but I the one thing that bothered me the most is near the end of the episode, there's some uh, conflict resolution of any show. And Classic third the, act. The, the, the beautiful woman you mentioned, she asks him, like, why are you an atheist? And here's what he says to her. I'm going to quote this to you because this monologue bothered me because it, it felt like it was straight out of a Christian apologetics book. Like, this is why Christian apologists think we're atheists. Wait. But it's not what... Did somebody die? Mm. (laughs) When I I was eight, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And the doctor said she had six months to live. And so I prayed for a miracle. And then it happened. She went into full remission. The doctors couldn't even explain it. But on the way home from the hospital, she died in a car accident. Yikes. I tried to make sense of it, and the only way I could was that there was no God. Because if there was, that means that he's cruel, and I don't want to live in a world governed by someone like that. So short answer, he's an atheist because he went through something traumatic. And they just kind of left it there. I, I mean, as far as bad explanations go, that's not... At least at least it wasn't, I'm mad at God, so I'm an atheist. Because that's like what we that's saw with I the... Heard, that's how I interpreted dead. a lot of it. It's the... God I mean, didn't do this thing for me, so I was angry at God, so I became an... It wasn't, 
I started questioning him when that happened, but then I learned stuff, and then I became an atheist, which I think is more realistic, but not as good of a monologue, and it's not as emotionally gripping. Sure. Okay, I'll give that to you. But I do think that was kind of a, I'm angry at God, so I became an atheist sort of thing. But don't you think a lot of people have had that moment of like, like Seth Andrews famously Mm -hmm. during 9-11 was like, if there's a God, like, how did something like this happen? And that set him on the path. Yes. If they had included something like that where he questioned God, because why would this horrible thing happen to me? And then started talking and, like, learning about stuff and going from there, I get it. Okay. That's not what they said in the monologue. It, he just suddenly goes from this horrible thing happened to my mom, boom, I'm an atheist. Sure. And that's it. And suddenly he's, like, the expert... I didn't enjoy that. But again, if that's the worst thing you have to say about the show in terms of how they portray atheism, okay, I've seen worse. God's Not Dead being a clear example of that. Um, So whatever. Another thing I didn't like about it, it was just reactive. You know, there's no thinking with his form of atheism. It's this thing happened to me. Boom, I'm an atheist. Mm -hmm. It kind of suggests that if his mom had lived somehow... Um, then he would totally believe. And he never would have become an atheist had nothing traumatic happened to him. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not the point. Right. The point is good things could happen all over the place. It still doesn't mean your fairy tale is true. Mm-hmm. So serious at me. <laughs> that's how this works. Can we have a radio show? Yeah, sure. I would like that. Okay. I mean, I would argue you already have a radio show. Maybe more <laughs> than 15 people would listen to us if we're on Sirius XM. <laughs> I don't know. I... One other thing that just bugged the hell out of me. I didn't even... The the portrayal of an atheist who has a podcast about atheism, that was actually more realistic than the beautiful woman you mentioned because her job was a professional blogger. So now I'm doubly intrigued. And the whole thing... They stole your life rights! Man. And the funniest thing about that is she's like, well, I haven't written anything for six weeks because of trauma XXX that I'm not telling everyone about yet, but something bad happened, and we learn a little bit about it. Uh Then you have a boss who's like, you got to give me a story. I want a thousand words tomorrow. I'm like, do any of you know how blogging works? Yeah, that's... (laughs) Anyway. That's journalism. But the show's going to premiere at the end of the month. I don't know when, like, I don't know if it's every week after that, but, like, I don't know where they go with the show. It was very, it was all right for one episode. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it has legs. Also, yeah, I, who's the audience? I The audience is clearly not atheist because no one would buy the God-friended-me premise. Right. And I don't really think it's Christians because it's not exactly... Uh, it's not pro. touched by an angel. It's not pro-Christian in that way. I even I think the 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 guy who wrote the show or created the show is an atheist. Huh. Um, so it's not pro-Christian so much. I mean, it's a it's a network drama. They're gonna make it ambiguous sure. so that everyone can like it. But anyway, I might give that a try. Maybe, maybe. Uh, here's a totally totally separate issue. Oh, okay. That uh, was weird to me. There is a district in Louisiana, uh, a parish in Louisiana, school district, and they are under a lawsuit. Like, they've been sued already. They're in the middle of the lawsuit. We don't have a resolution on it yet. And this is one of those lawsuits where Americans United for Separation of Church and State listed out, like, so many things they've done to violate the law in terms of promoting Christianity. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is a place where they were uh, teaching creationism. This is a place where... Uh, teachers, whatever, uh, coaches were praying with students. There are 
all sorts of things that they were doing in this district that any one of which could be the subject of a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And they just listed a whole bunch of them. So they haven't ruled on this yet, but the district is clearly aware that Mm -hmm. people are looking at us saying we promote Christianity. We are trying to convince you that we're not doing that at all. And I don't know if they'll be able to get away with that. Sure. But that's, that's the backdrop for this story. It turns out at one of the high schools in the district, Benton High School in Louisiana, um, the owner of a local gym paid $3,500 to have his logo, company's logo, painted on the football field all season long. Okay. Which, okay, I get that. Smart marketing, school gets some money. Mm -hmm. All right, fine. Uh, The company is Christ Fit Gym. And underneath the logo, the logo being a cross and a circle or something, there's a there's a Bible verse, just like one Timothy, blah blah blah. So they painted this on the field. It's called Christ <laughs> Fit Gym. I, I don't know if that's a pun on CrossFit, but it's Christ Fit Gym. It's a ministry slash gym. If you couldn't figure that one out, is it? Is it that? Jesus was so ripped when he was up on the cross and he's like <laughs> hashtag fitness goals. If he was a little more ripped, maybe he wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten him on that cross. Okay. Well, that's just plain disrespectful. <laughs> that man had shredded abs. Clearly. Um, so they painted this on the field. There is a lot to take in there. Yeah. Well, but go ahead. So, so they painted so, this on the field and all of a sudden like people are saying, what the hell? You can't paint this Christian advertisement on the field. Do you people realize this district is in the middle of a lawsuit? And the district's attorneys are like, oh my God, what the hell are you doing? We're in the middle of a case here. And they told the school, like, paint over that shit. The the CrossFit gym owner, uh, CrossFit gym owner, is like, hell no, I'm suing, I'm suing the district with a restraining order. You can't take it off. I paid for that fair and square. Files a restraining order so the school can't paint it off. Uh-huh. By the time it gets through to the courts, the they had season. already painted over it. Oh. Which is a separate issue, but it's like, okay, well, now what are you going to do? The school basically, uh, the guy won his restraining order thing. So they painted it back on. <laughs> So right now you have a thing on the field that is promoting Christianity. Uh-huh. The district doesn't want it there because they're in the middle of a lawsuit where uh-huh. they're being accused of promoting Christianity. This whole district is promoting Christianity this is everywhere. Wild. Where did you say this was? <laughs> this is in Louisiana. Oh god. And now here's the question though. Let's say I kind of kind of get his argument that he's like, I'm promoting my business. Oh, I 100 percent get his argument. And I paid the money. Well, I'm, you can't say no to me. I'm kind of on his side in this. Well, do I think he has a dumb business? Yes. <laughs> but if but he paid cares? for his logo to be on the field. But the logo is also very clearly a promotion of Christianity, he has a Bible verse. I don't even think that Bible verse is part of the logo. Okay, the Bible verse yeah. is tipping me over the edge. And yes, I do think it was dumb for the school to and why take that. School approved that. Yeah. Yeah, that was There's got to be limitations on what you say yes to, yeah. which they clearly just let anything go. So now it's another question of, oh, can anyone play this game? I asked the Satanic Temple if they were going to raise money for yeah. an ad. They said they're looking into it. I mean, I would. Because why not? $3,500, you could crowdfund that thing pretty Easy. quickly. To get it on a Louisiana football field? Hell yeah. Yeah, no, I. I I'm... want it next on the other side of the field. I mean, I just... See who scores more touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Which side of the field is better? 
you know that they switch sides in the middle of the game. Right? I know. So oh, we'll see okay. if both sides score oh, sure. more on one half sure. of the field. Run the stats on that. <laughs> when they're running in that direction or oh something. Oh, my God. Okay. But yeah, uh, so it's it's messed up all around. And again, most schools don't have lot, to huh? most schools don't have to deal with this because they have strict rules on what is allowed and what isn't allowed. You can't have political speech or religious speech mm-hmm. or anything. You can just advertise your business, and here's the rules. And right. it's not new. Like media companies, billboard companies have the same type of rules. Right. They're a little looser because you're not at a public school. Mm-hmm. But again, so it's it's a hilarious controversy. A lot in part because the school's getting dinged for promoting Christianity <laughs> while it's trying to insist it's not doing that. What do you mean, you guys? I know. Um, I want to go back to the hurricane that's uh, currently. Yes. Uh, currently approaching or has hit landfall onto the Carolinas as we speak. Yeah. Um, so on this podcast, we talk a lot about science-based stuff, and I think it's always good to sort of circle back as to why this is important. It's not just because we think science is cool, <laughs> although we do. Well, I do. I can't speak for Hammond. <laughs> Hammond thinks nothing is cool. No. Um, so in 2012, uh, so North Carolina has been uh, long considered one of the U.S.'s most vulnerable uh, areas to rising sea levels. It's got a long and low-lying coastline. Um, So in 2012, its Coastal Resources Commission said that sea levels could rise by 39 inches over the next century, which is an alarming rate. Um, The consequences of that study... Or it, it, should the should the state take that that under advisement, the consequences would sort of hurt them economically. It would hurt um, uh, it would hurt their property values. It would drive up insurance costs because the reality of a rising sea level is that there are going to be financial ramifications of it. The thing is, though. It's a reality like, yeah, that sucks and it is going to cost money. But you can't just bury your head in the sand and pretend it's not going to happen. Or can you? (laughs) (laughs) What did they do with that study? Literally nothing. Ah. Um, So it not only didn't acknowledge that, or didn't uh, take that study into consideration, but (laughs) they passed a law saying that we can't use studies like that. No, no. Um, Why would you want studies like that? It said instead of forecasts, it has mandated that predictions can only be based on historical data of sea level rise. So that's assuming that if sea levels rose six inches over the last 100 years, six inches in the next 100 years, not more, cause global warming. Um, So basically, we're making a law. You can't listen to scientists when it comes to how we deal with hurricanes uh-huh. and our response to it. Um, it alarmed coastal developers, uh, and they said they did not believe this, the rise in sea level would be as bad as the worst models predicted. And um, so they're concerned about their economics. Um, quote, the science panel used one model, the most extreme model in the world. This is um, Pat McElcraft? McElcraft? McElcraft. McElcraft. The sponsor of the 2012 bill, this is the one that said they can't use the uh, the predictive models. Yeah. He said they need to use some science that we can all trust when we start making laws in North Carolina that can affect property values on the coast. Science we can all trust. Just, yeah. We got to get the creationists on board. Or one that says the thing that we want to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead, instead, coastal development flourish. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he wrote, instead, coastal development flourishes as more beachfront Beachfront buildings, highways, and bridges are built to ease access to our beautiful beaches. Current, oh, I'm sorry, this was who, who said this? 
Mm, I might have miswritten something, but this is somebody who is critical of. Um, most extreme in the world. Sorry, I can't find who this quote was by, but somebody said, currently the unspoken plan is to wait until the this, this situation is catastrophic and then respond. So, so that's why science is important, my friends. Seriously. Because Don't vote for these people. Yeah, man. It's not that difficult not it to. It really isn't. Um, Here is a different type of story. This is from a college in Pennsylvania, Clark's Summit University. It's a Christian school. I guess the story is uh, there was a guy there who uh, years ago was a student at the school, Gary Campbell. He attended from 2001 to 2003, this fundamentalist Christian school. I assume that's because he's a Christian, thought it would be fine. It wasn't the most expensive thing in the world, but it's expensive. It's a college. Uh So he went there. I don't care why he went there, but he went there. He earned 109 credits. You needed 115 to graduate. And then he went through a bunch of personal things. Like, so he had to drop out. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was 2003. It's been a while. Uh, At some point, he struggled with alcoholism. He was in the Navy. He was discharged. But, like, he's on the recovery. And he's trying to do better with his life. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, part of my recovery is I want to get that college degree that I never finished. Right. So he asked the school, well, I'm only six credits shy. I want to sign up for the two courses I need to take to mm-hmm. get my degree, my undergraduate degree. They were online courses. He could do them from home. So he figured everything is all well and good. His family gives him 700 bucks to finish off these classes to, uh, to at least help cover the tuition costs. So all of that sounds fine. He gets accepted because everyone gets accepted at these schools. Um, and he, see, he thinks he's good to go. Then, like a little while later, he gets a message from the school that they're basically kicking him out. <gasps> Why? Why? Did he sin? Was it the alcoholism? What was it? Oh, no, it's because he's gay. Oh, fuck. And not, not in a gay marriage. Not that he's in a relationship with somebody. Good question. How did they find Thank out? Thank you. Um, I don't know how they found out. Oh, you don't out. know? No. And, he, but, and the thing is, most I mean, Christian I assume schools... I that's pretty easy to... Even if you go to Liberty University or something, like a, one of those fundamentalist Christian schools, they, they will freely say... We don't care if you're gay, yeah. but you can't act on that. Which That's is its own sin. set of problems. Yeah, it's a different but... problem. But like, if you're celibate and gay, you're fine. That's what most of these places say, right? Catholic right. Church says that too. Right. You can be gay and unhappy. That's <laughs> the goal. And so there's, no, there's no indication that this guy is in a relationship or did anything. Not, not publicly anyway, that there's some story about him being in a gay relationship. He supports... LGBT rights, mm-hmm. but again, that's not a violation of the school's rules. You could look at the yeah, handbook. Yeah, I was g- going to ask. He didn't violate any of the rules, per se, even according to the school's guidelines, okay. but they kicked him out. And now, basically, he can't transfer these because you're going to a shitty school. The credits aren't going to transfer to another one. I think he said, at best, about half of the credits would work at another Can school. Can he sue? It's a religious private school, so no, he can't because... What is he going to ding them on? Discrimination? These schools are allowed to be discriminatory because they're not under the same guidelines uh, that all the other schools have to follow. So he's kind of out of luck here, which sucks because he didn't do anything wrong. And he actually, he wrote, 
he wrote to the school, like he asked them to reconsider. Uh-huh. He said, one of my top goals uh, in recovery was to finish my bachelor's degree. Having a degree is so much more to me than a certificate. It's a culmination of hard work, sweat and tears. I owe it to myself and to my recovery to accomplish this goal. I ask that you view me, not view me only as a homosexual, but as a determined, compassionate, hardworking man who is of good moral character. My goal again, this is amazing, by the way, you know what he wants to do with this degree? He wants to become, or at least get involved in a program so he can counsel other people who are struggling with addictions. Jesus. Like, he wants to do something worthwhile, but they won't let him. They denied that request, even after the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he, he, was, he said on Facebook, I'm looking for an attorney. But again, I don't think th- there's a legal solution to sure. this. Um, it also means he's basically now in debt for a degree he never got. Because uh, it, you can't finish it. How I don't know. And the education weird, system become such a mess. T- there's a lot of problems with education in public schools too. But yeah. like, this is a unique type. But you could fix this right now if you wanted to. You could admit this yeah. guy, hold him up as a look. What how who we helped? Mm-hmm. Any school would be dying to like say, look at the sort of student we produce. Mm-hmm. Because look what he's off doing. He came back after a long time away to finish. I mean, that's a positive media story that any school would kill for and they're like no you're gay there's a hashtag let gary graduate Mm -hmm. which has a lot of support for him but again these are the type of people who work at these schools they're not exactly compassionate people who care about this stuff because they're more interested in who you sleep with than who you are so god that's so sad or in this case who you want to apparently sleep with like that's matters more and again i i have to imagine that they're doing this because they think there'd be donor pushback or something oh, if they let this. Yeah. I don't know that, but maybe that's the reason. But it's just what? Yeah, a, and in that case, horrible situation nobody really around. has any ground to stand on. Because what am I going to say? I'm going to withhold donations until you do this. Like I'm not donating anyway. <sighs> yeah. Ugh, that's awful. Um, what else do you have? Uh, I'm, I've got a thing I'm about the off Pope. Yeah, let's go with the Pope. Yeah. Um, what did the Pope do this week besides everything? So, okay, I, I think this is kind of an interesting story because it's definitely fucked, <laughs> but there's some interesting takes that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Okay. So, um, yesterday, so this is when Thursday the 13th of Friday. September. It's, oh, yesterday. Oh, yesterday was. Got it. Got it. All right. I know right? what I'm doing. Cool. I slept. These, these, day, these daytime record sessions are not great for us. Um, so yesterday, yesterday, Thursday, um, he, the Pope was addressing the congregation at the Vatican, and he suggested that the great accuser was behind, um, what was his name, Vigano's, Vigano. Vigano's claim? So we talked last week or two weeks ago about Vigano, who said that... The guy who has a beef with the church, and he's like, you knew about the cover-up, yeah, but so also he, accused, he has a lot of problems of his own, and so... But he, like, called for the Pope to quit? He, yeah, I? he wanted Pope Francis to step down. Step down, that's what it yeah. is. Um, so he suggested that the great accuser, which is the devil, which I've never heard that particular one, they have a lot of... The morning for, star. The morning star. Uh, he said, quote, in these times, this is the Pope speaking, it seems like the great accuser has been unchained and has it in for bishops. True, we are all sinners, we bishops. We are all sinners, we bishops. He tries to uncover the sins so they are visible in order to scandalize the people. So he's blaming the devil on, that was a good eye roll. That was a, an appropriate eye no, roll. No, I mean, he's, 
it's one of those things where I could understand if it's just rhetoric. He's like, you know, the devil is the reason. The devil is trying to uncover these sins. Yeah, it, things are shit for the Catholic Church right now. Right. But I don't think that's the same, quite the same as like an evangelical saying the devil made me do this. He's not letting the bishops off the hook per se. No, but what he is saying is that it's the devil that brought these to light. And in that sort of phrasing, bringing it to light is worse yeah. than the crimes itself, right? Would you, is no, that a fair reading? No, I'm with you there. I think the problem is with the Pope and the way he talks. Uh-huh. He He's not saying it literally, maybe. It's, oh, it's ambiguous. It's weird. Uh, I don't know that he's... It's not like he's saying, yeah, the devil's the reason child abuse happens. The devil's the reason the kids told people as adults and yeah. confessed. It's not the same as an evangelical Christian saying the devil did it, but it is the same language. Right. So well, it's a weird it's, thing. Well, it's where, drawing supernatural thought into human... That is fair. Yeah. Human, and how dare you? This is a human yeah. problem, and the Catholic Church covered it up. Don't right. bring the devil into it, even as a rhetorical tool. Right. Um, so this is what I wanted to kind of hear from you on. Um, so he, excuse me, he discussed the, or touched on, I guess I should say, the... Um, the That's the right language. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad joke. You're welcome. Uh, he touched on the revelations in Pennsylvania where the grand jury showed that a zillion people were abused over many, many years by the Catholic Church. Um, so here's what he said. He said, today... First, he said um, it showed that this this report showed how many souls have been wounded irrevocably. irrevocably. God damn it. I was thinking I knew I was going <laughs> to stumble <laughs> on that word. Irrevocably. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, and mortally by priests from the Catholic Church. Here's what I want to hear your take on. Quote, today, even the Catholic Church looks full of confusion at its own 9-11, at its own September 11th, even though this catastrophe isn't associated with a single date, but rather at so many days and years and innumerable victims. So what he's saying is the this is a catastrophe for the Catholic Church on par with 9-11 because there were so many people harmed along the way, which I don't think is necessarily overstating it? No, it hurt a lot of people. It's a weird reference. Like It is, and it did happen. Let's not compare tragedies. On September 13th. No, yes, 100%. <laughs> but in terms of but yeah, lives he was saying touched it, he was saying it close to the anniversary, ruined. so I get it. But yeah, it, it's definitely affected a lot of people. It didn't just happen on one day. It's been happening for decades. Right. I get that. Do you think that is uh, him trying to be, I guess, intellectually honest with the damage that was done, or do you think it's him sort of uh, to me, my, my main issue is like it kind of sounds like a thing that happened to the church as opposed yeah. to a thing the church did. Yeah, and this is this is the big question that the Pope is going to have to answer at some point. I have no doubt, I mean, giving him the benefit of the doubt here, I have no doubt he feels really awful for the victims. Right. But the question is, how who among church leadership knew what was going on, what did nothing done? to stop it? What are they going to do moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, wh- that's the question. I, we get it. You feel bad for the victims. Mm-hmm. Yes, fine. You should. Right. Uh, no one's accusing the Pope of doing the stuff himself. The problem is the people in leadership either didn't do anything to stop this stuff from happening, or mm-hmm. they facilitated it, or they knew about it and covered it up. Right. So what are you doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm done hearing the Pope say he feels bad for everything that happened. I don't care that it's hard for the church right now. Mm-hmm. No one feels bad for the church. Like, if you lose money in all these lawsuits, good. 
If, right. if people don't want to become priests anymore, good. If no one's going to church and they're in a couple different countries right now, people have started the process to formally have their names taken off the baptism rolls. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to break I my membership. To do with this. I want nothing to do with this. Good. No one feels bad for you. The question is, what are you doing to punish the people? Because there are still priests in power mm-hmm. who are maybe did something a long time ago. Statute of limitations has expired, but they're still there somehow. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't a legal thing. Maybe they weren't punished, but there was an accusation against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I for, You know what? I didn't bring up this story because uh, it just happened late last night, I think. But, like, in, in some area, there was a list of, like, 40-some priests who were accused of molesting kids. And a bishop released that list earlier this year and said, look, here's, I want to be transparent. Here's a list of all the priests who were accused. They are either dead or Mm -hmm. they no longer work here or whatever. But a reporter found out that that wasn't the whole list. The actual list wasn't 42. It was actually more than 100 priests. Some of them still work there. Did he only pull the the ones that are no longer working or dead? No, the church didn't, either they didn't find the complaints serious, they didn't take the complaints seriously, Mm -hmm. or maybe it was one allegation that wasn't followed up with, like, as opposed to multiple kids saying this one priest did it to me. Right. If only one kid said that one priest did it, they didn't include that on the list. Right. A lot of the people weren't priests. They were other church officials Mm -hmm. who maybe are volunteers. They don't have official titles, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So it's like the list is much bigger than they want us. They're not even being fully transparent when they say they're being transparent. Right. So that's what pisses me off. So I don't, the Pope is very good with trying to make things sound nice. And what he never seems to do is to say, I'll actually do something about this problem that will actually make it stop. Mm-hmm. It's not if you have an allegation against you, we're going to suspend you from the job. Right. And we're going to investigate it with law enforcement officials. Mm-hmm. If there's any truth to it, you're, well, you're not working for us right. ever. Mm-hmm. And anyone who has an allegation, we're going to do the same right now. Like everyone's gone. We'll start over mm-hmm. or we'll loosen the rules we have on priests so that we can actually get good people who aren't repressed in a bunch of different ways right. and feel this need to act out. Mm-hmm. Like they're not doing any of the things you could actually do. Part of which is you're asking the Catholic church to stop being Catholic in a, <laughs> in a bunch of ways. Yeah. So all the rhetoric stuff that, you know, look, it's our nine 11 and yeah, fine. You're yeah. You, you're the reason mm-hmm. no one did this to you. Like you said, you did this to yourself. So yeah. what are you going to do to fix it? Right. And I never seem to hear that response. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I I know we, we call him this on the website, too. He's Pope PR. He's good at getting media attention mm-hmm. and positive media attention. But in this case, he just had a meeting with, like, archbishops who have been accused of stuff or right. helped cover it up. Right. And they released pictures of the men talking and smiling like it was a Trump cabinet meeting or something. <laughs> Give him the like, thumbs up. No, why aren't you, like kicking them out the door that's the picture we need to be seeing right. and they don't they don't do any of that stuff <sighs> <sighs> so catholicism huh dude um all right i have listener mail this week oh good what's up um this is from uh, giovanna hello hemet and jessica i'm giovanna i love the podcast thank you my question is There's a part of me that kind of wants to get a reading from a psychic, but I know that it's all fake. I'm 21. I don't really know what I'm doing with my life right now. And sometimes I wonder what a person like that might have to say. I'm sure I'll just be wasting my money, but I feel conflicted about it. What's your take on psychics or seeing them for fun or or seeing them for fun, even if it's all smoke and and mirrors? 
I, what, you know what? I, what I don't hear in that thing is what does she hope to get out of it? Did she say? She doesn't know what she's doing with her life and wants to... I, I think she wants so to... So it see. sounds like she actually wants to know what they have to say about it because she's going to take it seriously in some way. And yes. that makes me wonder, like, I don't know that your head is on as straight as your letter seems to indicate because mm-hmm. you know it's smoke and mirrors. Right. So then what do you expect to hear from them? That's weird to me. Now, it's, if you knew it was bullshit... Right. And you said, well, it kind of seems like fun. I'm kind of curious what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. I actually don't care. I... I've paid money to go to the Creation Museum, not because I believe it, right. but because I think there's some value to knowing to knowing firsthand this is what's in there, this is how they present it, this mm-hmm. is the game they're playing, because I think that makes it a little uh, easier and better for me to say, look, I've been there, I know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and now let me speak out against it. Yeah. It's not just that I, or even I just don't believe it, but now I know what they're trying to do. Right. And, and I it doesn't would, sound like she's doing that. She's yeah. not going to say, I know it's bullshit, but I kind of want to see how they do the bullshit. Or I want to ask questions and see if she knows stuff that she couldn't possibly know. Yeah. So I've seen, uh, I saw Psychic in high school or got my palm read or something like that. Yeah. And again, wait, have I told you my excellent psychic story when I, I was in um, Australia? Go on. So Australia has this thing, or I don't know if it was Sydney specifically or or what, but it was this thing on like, say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, if you buy a drink, you get X. So the place near us would give like, Wednesdays was manicure night. So you buy a drink and you get a free manicure. It was the best. There's one place in um, Newtown, I think, would do palm reading. So you buy a drink and you get a ticket to get your palm read. I was there with my best friend, Leah, who um, is a lesbian, and she was over there getting her palm read, and she, at the time, was dating this woman. Um, Her name was Sophia, maybe, or something, who was the teeniest, tiniest, petitest human that's ever existed. So this psychic was like, so I see you're in a relationship. And she's like, oh, yeah, actually, I am. She's like, so he's like a big, tall, broad man? And she was like, no. She's like, but kind of a taller, taller type and kind of went on like that. And she goes, no, I'm, I'm gay. And the psychic was like, oh, but it's a tall woman. And she was like, no, she's literally the smallest person I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like so aggressively wrong. Uh-huh. It was impressive. Anyway, so I, I mean, yeah, I think it's fun and silly. I'm sort of at a point in my life where I'm like, I don't think I need to like give money to psychics, but that doesn't mean I, if somebody else went to do it for fun, like, I don't think that's the worst thing to do in the world. Yeah, I agree with him. And if you, I mean, sometimes it is good to just like hear what somebody has to say just to like get the wheels spinning in a different way. But if you're going to somebody to be like, oh, maybe they'll set me on the right track, I'd be really wary of that. I think there are, if this is what you want to do, I think there's a million better if you just want to hear a new perspective or want to get something like fresh in your brain, there's a million better ways to do that than see a psychic. Also, you're 21 and you don't know what you're doing with your life. I'm 32. I'm <laughs> still clock, right? figuring that out. Like 21, of course you don't know what you're doing with your life. Nobody does. Wait tables like I did and make bad decisions and drink too. Don't drink too much. Don't make bad decisions. Those, those are the things I did. <laughs> could be worse. You could be a psychic. You could be a psychic. Yeah, I mean, listen. Th- I mean, do it if you want to do it for fun, if you're doing it like tongue-in-cheek. As long as you go in knowing it's go fun. Go in with your eyes wide open. Don't take them seriously. Because once you get in there, like, there is a reason people make money doing this. It can be extremely persuasive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people are good at this, and they're good at... Col- and I mean, 
God, they're probably good at cold reading, so maybe they will pick up on something about <laughs> you, but it's not, you know, just, I don't know. I would say no, unless, like, you're doing it with friends and just want to, like, try it out. That's That would be my thought. Yeah. Right? Cool. All right, what do you, what's your happy thing? Are you, are you up to uh, anything yeah, fun? Yeah, 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 you go first. I'll think of something. Um, so next weekend, um, I'm going canvassing for the first time. Look I'm very that. nervous. My friend Anne, who's goes of the show, and I are going. Um, we're canvassing for Sean Caston, who Excellent. is running for... Um, Against Peter Roskam in the suburbs uh, of mm-hmm, Chicago. In the Chicago suburbs. So we're going to be going... Next Saturday, so the 22nd, I think that is, we're going to be in Downers Grove. So if anybody's in the Chicagoland area, we'll be there. I think sign up at his website, Sean Caston, if you want to go. I'll be there. Anne will be there. Cool. It'll be good times. I'm very excited. I feel like I'm participating in democracy. Very nice. I'm going to delete this if I've said this before. Did I mention that I was taking part in an online mailing list called Get Her Elected? So there is this mailing list, uh-huh. and it basically says we're supporting progressive women uh-huh. running for political office. Some running for the House, some running statewide elections. Uh, some of them are like school boards or whatever, uh-huh. city councils. And basically, they send you a list. They talk to the candidates and say, what do you need? What is it that you need help with? And so I've seen... Oh, you know, I think you've told me this, but off mic. <laughs> okay. So they, they sent a list, and someone said, you know, I'm, I'm running for this position. The primary's over, and I didn't win, but I'm going to run again. Uh-huh. And I want help with public speaking and honing my message mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, I submit my information, and they submit all the people who are interested to the candidates, and they pick through. And so finally, after <laughs> months of, like, sending stuff in, they match me up with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sent it for different candidates. And so I spoke with her and we talked about, okay, let me look at some YouTube videos about stuff, sent her notes. And we had this wonderful conversation about like, yes, good. These are helpful things. I hope that I can say to her. And can you talk about her on air? um, I I just don't want to name names necessarily, but it was like, oh, there's some things I saw on your debate that was online. I'm like, you should be doing this because your opponent did it really well. Right. Or there are ways you said this that were awesome. Let's talk about this. It was cool. Like, it was nice to be able to talk to someone who's actually running for office. If not now, because she lost the primary, Uh then going to run again. And, hey, if you want to do that sort of thing, because they need help with graphic design or volunteering or fundraising or whatever it mm-hmm. is, it was uh, getherelected.whatever. Just Google it. <laughs> That's awesome. Good it was for me. us participating so, in democracy. That's my contribution to the world. Um, cool. So um, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Hammond? Uh, at Hammond Meta. Uh, go to FriendlyAtheist.com. And you, if you like the show, Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast. If you have listener mail or want to ask a question or criticize us in some way, you can uh, email it to friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Go on to iTunes or whatever. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks. Tell a friend. Hey, tell a friend about this. D- don't go to the psychic. Tell a friend instead. Yeah, tell we'll a friend. We'll take care you of your can... question. <laughs> we'll tell you what to do with your life. All right, we're crossing a line. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>